This is the Reluctant Leader Podcast, the podcast designed to help you if you've landed a leadership role through no fault of your own and now need to find out what you should be doing. I'm your host, Mark Terrell, and have been there and know what it feels like and made all the mistakes. In each episode, I'll be getting to grips with a leadership topic by interviewing an expert in their field. You'll find out why they do what they do and take away some top tips you can use to become a more confident leader. For more content and to keep in touch with how the project is developing, go to www.thereluctantleader.co.uk. If you have any comments about the episode, you'll find me on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. So let's crack on with the show. Today I'm talking to Julia Carter. Julia originally qualified as a pharmacist and has worked within the learning and development arena for almost 20 years. Her experience has been predominantly within the pharmaceutical industry, where she partnered as a trainer and coach with all levels of employees across all functions, ranging from research and development through to sales and marketing and operational support functions. This experience has not only enabled her to understand the intricacies of the pharmaceutical industry, but also to appreciate the challenges that leaders and employees face within such diverse functions. Hope you enjoy this chat we had about virtual teams, and I'll catch you all on the other side. Julia, welcome to the Reluctant Leader podcast. Hello. Um, I was, um, as I always do, I do a quick Google on um, the topic we're going to be talking about, and I and I googled remote, and then I actually also googled virtual teams, and. Uh, I think we can probably talk a little bit about that, but we're going to be calling this virtual teams. Um, and it's all about people that w- work together, but actually don't ever probably work in the same building as one another. But, but, but before we get stuck into all that, uh, I think that the, we always start with the question, why do you do what you do? And what was the pivotal moment that led you down this path? Okay. So why do I do what I do? Um, I guess it's it's linked probably to the fact that I love helping people be the best versions of themselves. And actually, it stems back to I actually studied pharmacy and became a pharmacist for two or three years. And, and I suppose the common link there is it's still around helping people. Um, that was about helping people get better and feel better in their health. And through my career as a pharmacist and then working within the pharmaceutical industry, I then found myself within the uh, personal development arena and leadership development. And that's when I realized that's where my real true passion and career was. So that's where I have spent my last 20 years of my career working within that. Um, And that's why I now do what I do. So I'm still helping people, uh, but it's in more of a personal development way as opposed to health. Although I suppose the two are linked. Right. Yes. And as we're talking about virtual teams today, um, is that when did you start and get particularly into virtual teams? How did that come about? Yeah. So um, probably about five, six years ago, um, I started my my business Zest for over nine years ago now. But um, probably six, six or so years ago, I noticed more and more of my leaders that I was working with were working with team members who were not located within the same building. A lot of the organizations I work with are global, um, but it just came to my attention that whilst I was there supporting them with their leadership needs, um, you know, training them to, to, to really upskill in the leadership development area, actually some of the challenges were really 
the, the cause of some of their challenges was actually that they weren't sitting in the same room, um, the same building. They weren't regularly seeing their, their team members. So that creates a whole nother layer of complication. Mm-hmm. to enable them to really connect with their team members and and have a, a team that, that's truly operating as a high-performing team, even when, when they're dotted around the world um, at different time zones, different locations, different cultures, different languages. So there's a huge complication layered on top of, of the normal challenges. So that's why I realized that there really was a need, need for some sort of focus in on leadership of remote teams. Yes, and I think as things develop, it's it's going to come become more and more important as as teams develop across the world. I've I've recently um, gained a client in Australia, which um, and it's only uh, it's only possible, obviously, because of the technology we have with the internet and other other tools that um, use the internet um, mm. to allow that to happen. So I think I, I guess that's important. Technology is important in in this um, scenario. Yes, technology plays a key part, and in today's world, um, you know, it's so important that we embrace the, te- the technology that is available to us. Um, one of the the key areas I talk about in every single session when I work with with remote leaders and remote teams is encouraging them to use their camera, their their webcams. Um, I, I, it, it never ceases to amaze me how many people um, are resistant to using them. There's many reasons for that. I've heard, I've heard them all, <laughs> and I'm sure there's even more out there. Um, but I cannot emphasize enough when people turn on their cameras and connect visually. It creates such a stronger connection. Uh, and I had one manager um, a couple of years ago who I, I spent a good 15 minutes having a heated discussion with him about why he should be using his camera. And I happened to bump into him the next day and he came up to me and he went, you're so right. I turned my camera on. They are actually humans at the end of the camera. Um, and he was being serious. Um, you know, he hadn't ever met these, these people who were working in a, in a very uh, faraway country. So it's so powerful. And until you do it, um, you don't really realize. And I find it very strange now to not have my camera on when I am meeting with people. Every call I do now, um, I rarely use my landline or my mobile. It's normally through a, a, a webcam uh, based meeting set system. Yeah, I'm I'm 100 with you with that, and I, I just think it just adds an extra dimension, doesn't it? And it's 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 as near as we can, we can be to actually being in the room with somebody when we can actually see them, because um, phone calls are useful, but when you can see someone's face and you can see reactions, then that's that just adds that little bit extra, and it's surprising how much that adds to the conversation and to, and to what's going on. Um, so so I know you do. Uh, work with uh, behavioural styles. So I'm guessing that different types of behavioural styles are uh, more, happier to switch on the, the camera than others. Yeah, and I, I haven't actually, I, I maybe should do a, a, a sort of study into this, um, but my message to everyone I work with, you know, whoever you are, I think I think there's some sort of psychological barriers around camera um, anyway, with regards to, you know, I've heard people saying, oh, well, you know, when I work from home, I don't put my makeup on. And, you know, I mean, excuses that, that quite frankly, 
I, I find hard because, um, you know, if you were in the office and you needed to put makeup on, you would. So why would you not do it if you're having meetings at home? Um, the other analogy I often use is, you know, you wouldn't walk into the office or into a meeting with a bag over your head. So why would you sit at home without your camera on? Because it's effectively the same thing. Um, but with regards to personalities, I, I think um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if, if turning the camera on, um, I haven't sort of tracked that as to different types of personalities. But certainly um, the thing I do see often is if you are more of an introverted personality, i.e. you tend to internalize your thoughts and your feelings, um, you're less likely to to share any challenges or concerns that are going on. And when a camera is turned on, a manager can pick up on that. So when they're having a conversation, just by body language, um, you, you can pick up whether there's something else there. Whereas when you've only got the phone, you just hear silence. It's very difficult to read um, unless you're very, very good at, at reading voice. Um, it's very hard to pick up. Whereas people who are more on the extroverts um, scale uh, or preference tend to just talk it out. Um, so it, it's easier in a way because they're more open. Um, but again, you know, you, the camera just adds that additional dimension and, and therefore gives you more more cues to pick up on. Hmm. So as far as the, the leader of the team goes, then it's important to, to almost have that skill or develop that skill um, that you are looking for certain things without it being manipulative. Obviously, we, we are, when we're leading the team, we are almost, well, we're, we're sort of responsible for everyone. And we need to show that we're actually checking in with people, not just on a business level, but actually on a on a personal level, I guess, as well. Absolutely. And, and that's one of the other points I always make with leaders, you know, how well do you really know your team? Because when they are dotted around the world, you know, especially those who are in different time zones, what tends to happen is because you maybe have six or eight or maybe even more people all coming online at the same time, you may have a minute or two at the beginning of a meeting to have a quick catch up while you're waiting for people to come on. But there isn't enough time spent just chatting. And what happens is you have, you know, have an hour scheduled into your diary. So you, you, the meeting might get going by five past the hour and then you've got a full agenda. And then sometimes people have to leave early and, th and it's always around business. <clears throat> and when you're working virtually, it's so important to schedule some time just to connect, just to have social conversations as you would if you were working in the, in the office and catching up with somebody over the coffee machine. Mm. Um, because building that connection and those strengths of relationships obviously is the key it's fundamental for building trust and if if there isn't trust within a team it's never going to be a high performing team so it, it takes a lot of effort a lot of time um it, it, you know creating uh, topics to talk about from a social perspective is, is quite difficult if some people are more open about sharing personal things than others but a good remote virtual leader will will create that conversation and allow that to happen mm. Yeah, it is really important. And you don't really realize what you're missing until you actually are in that position. Because I can remember when I first started out and you gained lots of freedom by you know, working from home or working at clients' premises rather than having to go to a premises every day. But what you don't realize is, is actually what you get um, from others um, and, and the, the social aspect and actually connection to others it's only mm. when you don't have that that you realise how actually that was quite important. I'm sure you come yeah. across that. 
Absolutely. And, and again, this to me links to personality types. I mean, I, I have an extroversion preference and therefore I get energy by being around other people. So if I'm working um, at home um, a lot alone, I do actually have, have somebody who works with me in the office. Um, so that actually I do, get, I do get some social interaction through that. Um, but I've spoken to a lot of, of people who actually have said to me, I am working from home now all the time and I'm really missing being part of an office um, because I think it, you do need to, to bounce ideas off people. You do need to be able to share challenges or successes even. And and if that's, you know, even if it's not with your own virtual team, you know, who else could you be sharing it with? Um, and actually, I have had a, a, an idea recently um, of maybe setting up a sort of local virtual working gathering um, in my in my hometown just to see how how people, you know, just somewhere to gather, maybe over lunch on a Friday afternoon, just, just so you can connect and network and engage. And, and actually, I think Think would be fantastic because people tend to be very um, blinkered in their own organizations and I just thought that would actually be a really nice way of, mm. of cross-fertilizing and mixing people up and sharing ideas um, so that's watch this space I haven't had a chance to get around to doing that yet yeah hot of the press so yes yeah. um, <laughs> you've, you've said it now yeah. but, but, it, but it is it is important and that social connection you know human beings need social connection and and that's why this this you know if it's only if you're only connecting socially through business meetings it can become very very lonely yeah, and, and you can only, well, you can see how many um, co-working spaces are pop, popping up all over the place because obviously there's a need there for people yeah. that are either working remotely, virtual, or or actually just independently working on their own and, and it adds that dimension that they can still be in a place where others are working and, and it's that social connection thing that's... Um, that they that they need and, and most of us do need that definitely yeah yeah i mean i i would say there are you know certainly people with more of an introversion preference um mm. you know probably love being at home but but i think even even strong introverted preference individuals after a while um you know especially it depends on personal circumstances i suppose if I mean, I, i'm a, a strong extrovert version preference but actually um you know i have children i have i have a husband my life is pretty full-on so i really enjoy being home alone um so you know it's about having your needs met really and i, and yeah. I think um that's it that's the thing as a virtual leader to really really get to know your your individual team members and understand their unique needs what their preferences are around communication how mm. often to be connected um with with you as the leader um and to really understand what motivates them as well because we obviously are all motivated by different things as to as well yeah. so really getting to know your team your remote team members um really proactively making an effort is so important yeah so if, if we, we focus on the the leader in this scenario then where, where would you tend to start with when when somebody comes to you say look I, I need some help to to uh, put something in place so I can manage my my uh, virtual team better where, where would you where would you start so I always start with encouraging um, them all to do uh, a profile personality profile um and then we, i pull together a, a team map to show how they all what diversity exists within the team around personal style um so that then gives the leader and the team members an understanding of who is what preference and and i use um I use a tool called Insights Discovery, but there's many other tools out there, but it really helps them understand 
who they are um, at a personal level, self-awareness level, but also then understanding the diversity and how they can connect with their team members and what they need to do, um, what the different preferences are, and more importantly, what are the strengths that, that exist within that team. And you visually can see it in, in a wheel. So you can see it, you know, how many um, of each personality type is there and what does that mean for the team so I then will then create a conversation virtually uh, you know imagine a training session in a classroom but it just happens to be that everyone's sitting at their at their screens Um, but we make it very interactive and then we just do a a team session as if they were all together and of course from a um, financial and time saving perspective you know to do a I would do two hours maximum um, but you can have some really powerful team building sessions when actually you're not all together Yes, and uh, I've done these sessions as well, and it's 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 just introducing scenarios and getting people to think about how they would they would deal with something, and then and comparing how how those different people um, uh, approach that that um, that scenario, and you yeah. can learn so much, can't you, just by having a conversation and 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 encouraging people just to chip in and 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 give some. Um, uh, yeah, just just give their their opinion. It, it, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and and th- there's some fabulous technology now. You know, you you could you could do. Um, you can do some exercises where people break out into breakout rooms and then come back to the, you know, the 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 main room in inverted commas. So there's lots of things you can do. So I, I think, um, you know, for people to to understand that just because your team are remote doesn't mean you can't do development, personal development, team yeah. development, etc. Um, it's 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 very very possible to do it. Yes, and Insights is a colour model, and I use a, a similar model uh, as well. And I've seen people using like. Um, building blocks with different colors and also badges with um, different colors on. And I, I guess um, there's no reason why you can't use that in a, in a virtual s- scenario where you can probably put something on the screen, which indicates their, the color preference, maybe. Is Absolutely. That- Absolutely. And, and um, so, so for example, I've seen people use email signatures, um, you know, so people, obviously this is more for internal comms, so people can understand the, the type of uh, profile they have. Mm. Um, there, there's so many clever things you can do that aren't complicated just to mm. help people understand you. Um, the other thing I talk about a lot is around what is your your personal brand? You know, if I was to, if I was coming to a meeting with you, um, you know, even though you're within my organisation, but I don't know who you are. Quite often, you find, and it does depend on the organisation. But you know, I, I'll look them up on the internal system, and there's not even a photo of them. So not only do I not know what they look like, and they're not using their camera, all I have to go on is a voice. I know nothing about their background. So I talk a lot about, um, and this this is relevant to anybody in today's world. But you know, your your personal brand, your online brand um, but within organizations it never ceases to amaze me that people don't have their credentials on show so that if I'm if they're googled or, or internally googled as such within the, within the internal system that that people know who they are and what they've done and where they've come from and what their background is um, all of that is really important yeah and, and I guess it's recognizing people maybe in a different scenario if you've seen them in a photo or on a video then if you see them somewhere else then you you it's part of the jigsaw puzzle of getting to know somebody isn't it and if you've got that that visual thing is missing then it's very difficult to 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 have that isn't it absolutely absolutely although I, i will say there was one particular um 
man who I was working with and he said to me that he didn't like to use video because he, he did a very technical IT technical job and he felt that when he turned the video on because he was young and he looked young he lost respect um, so that was wow. quite interesting um, but you know again that can be overcome with 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 many things but that was an interesting uh, challenge I thought that's, that's quite interesting and that sort of unconscious bias that can go on just because you look young and vice versa there's also the looking looking older as well um, so so that gets thrown at me sometimes but I, I still will challenge very strongly you know you are who you are and be, be authentic and proud of, of that yeah and I guess that's more of an internal thing as how they see themselves mm. isn't it and it's getting over that is um, yeah. actually not not that relevant yeah. so, uh, so that's where you start and obviously that's a really great place to start where do you tend to go from there once you've got done that that personality styling well it actually depends on the needs of the team I mean uh -huh. to me it's about understanding what, what are the dynamics and then once we understand what the dynamics are let's look at the, the as I would any team development day but you know is there a really clear vision of the team it, it, it's almost I almost do an audit first to understand what the team has in place uh, is it newly formed or has it been around for a while um, so I try and assess where the team is at and depending on that I will then bring in we, we do a workshop around communication preferences so how what are the sort of rules again in, in inverted commas around communication um, so I'll give you an example of that you know some teams like to use whatsapp as a um, as a social connecting tool um, obviously not to put any any uh, confidential um, corporate company information within that within that but um mm -hmm. you know just sharing pictures of of whatever children animals you know, some people don't like that and that's fine they don't need to partake but it is a, a forum for people to connect and, and share and feel connected to each other and build personal relationships mm. um we look at um uh, sort of behaviors around uh email so you know the classic i've seen this quite a lot is people who are working um, maybe with the US and then um, they, in fact, a client of mine last week was telling me, you know, she, she gets up early, she, she catches up on her emails that have come in overnight um, and it's really important that she then does take some time out during the day because she's back online again, sort of two, three o'clock onwards and can be at her desk till midnight working with the US. So if she's not careful, she ends up working almost every single hour she's awake. Um, so having some rules around if, if I was to send you an email at 11 o'clock at night, I do not expect you to answer at 11 o'clock at night. It's just that that's my preferred working schedule. So having some really open conversations about that is important as well. Yes, that's not something I thought about actually. Of course, time zones are obviously really important and have an expectation of when you can expect some reply uh, yeah. and realising that they are you know, probably asleep or something, or maybe, um, and uh, giving a reasonable time frame rather than expecting um, yeah. something to come straight back. And, yeah. and that, and that also is about personal style as mm. well. So um, that needs to be a really strong conversation from the leader about what their expectations are. And and uh, yeah, so, so that's quite an important one. Um, mm. We also would look at. Um, rules around behaviors just general team behaviors um and just as you would in a, in a team that's that's co-located um obviously that needs to align in with with sort of corporate culture as well but it, it it really depends on where the team is at and what the challenges are mm. in the moment um so there's several different areas I go and I sort of pull together a, a suite of choices the other thing just to say is you know if if someone is leading a team that team still needs to be developed so even just just doing a, a 45 minute session on 
you know, how to be more assertive or how to have more influence. Um, so so to, uh, sometimes I get asked to deliver. Um, I did a session last week up in, um, well, delivering it to sort of uh, Northern Europe um, region. Um, but they were all they were all actually at a conference and I, I was just dialed in and put on a big screen. Um, but yeah, but I did put makeup on for that. Um, and, uh, and that was around helping them... Um, it was just about communication and impact when you're working virtually. So, you know, and that was a really neat 45 minute session and I gave them lots of tips and they, they love that. So anything that, that we do as, as leadership development um, professionals, you, know, you, you can, every team needs that, but it's putting that virtual lens on top of it. It can just create more complication, um, but it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be like that. That's what, that's what I'm trying to say. There, there are ways of overcoming it. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So you actually were virtually training to a team that was... Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so they were a virtual team that actually were co-located for that, for that conference, right. and I was virtual. And, and another one I, I did, I was um, going to, supposed to be going up to Scotland to deliver face-to-face training on virtual leadership and it was it was last year when the snow came so I couldn't actually fly because of course in England everything stops um and uh I had to deliver it virtually which was kind of ironic really when you think (laughs) what I was doing so yeah there's, there's been lots of different different um combinations of virtual leadership training being delivered virtually or not but yeah. it's possible you know anything can be delivered virtually as long as you have the right um energy the right um tools i normally would send out a workbook that they work through um and creating creating discussion it's about making it an interactive session that's the important thing mm. um so mm. yeah no it's it's you know we don't need to be sitting in air, air, airports and um on motorways sucking traffic we, we can be doing this this development um and reaching out at any point really yeah, yeah. So if we, if we go back to talking about leading this team, mm. uh, what, what are the, the typical things that um, are not going well that you, you, you find quite often? Okay, so um, probably not that dissimilar to, to face-to-face teams, but I think it gets magnified um, because it's not picked up early enough. So the biggest one I would say is lack of trust. Um, and that's linked to not knowing each other well enough and then creating stories about people or behaviors that are not necessarily true but that's what's perceived because the connection and strength of relationship isn't there so Mm. trust building trust i always always talk about that as absolutely number one and obviously to build trust requires lots of um lots of input in different ways but understanding and knowing your people and allowing your people to feel safe to share and to reach out when they need support so i would say that's absolutely number one um going up from sorry what was it remind me of the actual question the, t- the, t- the typical things that you find are not going particularly well when, yeah. when someone yeah. is trying to manage a that's bit. it yeah so, so it's that lack of communication um mm. silence so people not replying to emails um or not following up so the classic is you send an email you don't hear anything well have you received that email? I assume mm. you have, but you haven't replied. You haven't acknowledged it. You haven't, you know, so, so there's that. And then of course the trust starts, the, the credibility and trust starts falling. Um, the other thing I will always say is, you know, people not, if deadlines or agreeing deadlines and then making sure people really do stick to those deadlines, because it's very hard to chase people up when you're not bumping into them in the office. And so one of the behaviors I really encourage people to do is, if you're not going to meet a deadline, you know, be proactive at giving people, sending an email and saying, I've committed to this. It's not going to happen due to, due to 
you know, other other priorities that have come in, but I will get back to you by this date. So, so that really being proactive at putting your hand up and saying, I'm, I'm going to miss this deadline or I'm finding this hard or I'm struggling. It's, it's, it's being authentic and being, but of course you you have to feel that you're in an environment where you can be that way. So that for me is what leaders need to be doing. It's really focusing on that openness and encouraging openness of communication. Mm. And we've mentioned a few times about email and, and it can, can be a problem, but there are um, other things that can, or tools that could be used instead of emails. And I know of a couple um, Slack and Trello. These are um, yes. the team, I don't know what you would call them. Actually, things that you can actually share between the team. Yeah. So you're yeah. not you're not yeah. not um, reliant on this email communication thing, which tends to cause problems. I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, there's Microsoft Teams is an, is another one that people mm-hmm. a lot of companies are now using. There's there's lots of platforms out there to share um, information and documents on, and and absolutely to to really spend some time looking at which ones of those you want to use. You definitely need to to have a shared area to store um, shared documents. Definitely. Um, and the other thing um, I haven't I hadn't mentioned is also just to send voice memos rather than always sending emails. It's quite nice to just do a voice memo. Now you can do that easily on something like WhatsApp. Again, you know, as long as it's not containing any confidential um, information. Um, but I've recently come across a uh, email system that actually, I can't remember what it's called. You might, you might know it, Mark, um, where the, it's an email, but actually when you open it, it's a video. Um, and it's really personal, really personal. So I had it, it from Bonjour, no, or John Bonjour, or something like that. Is that? Yeah, not. Sure. It's. Um, I you know, I, I could, I could look it up, um, but yeah. I, I won't do it right now. But it was <laughs> yeah. brilliant, and, and it basically okay. was a sixty-second video. Um, it was somebody, somebody, a communications company. Interestingly, who'd sent me a proposal, and I hadn't had a chance to reply. So rather than just doing an email, you know, she was like, "Hi, Julia. I'm just checking in to see how you are, where you are with the proposal," and it was so personal. Um, mm. Now, whether that would work in a corporate space, possibly not, because you'd then have voice or, or noise coming out if, unless unless you're sitting with headphones on but mm. certainly in a small business very personal and I, I thought it was really really clever um so there's many different ways of creating that connection mm. and personal touch yeah that's, and that's re- is really effective because i'm just reminded my uh, of that i um i was just recently looking at um, changing my car and one of the dealers i walked into obviously got my details and rather than just send me an email he sent me a little video message saying hi mark yeah um, um i haven't seen you for a while just wondering whether we can help you any more if I can, please yeah. get in touch. And that, I thought, yeah. wow, that's really good because it's like yeah. you know you see him talking outside the the vent, the um, the dealership. And I thought, absolutely, that's that's the way things should be. You know, it's great. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It, um, it's called Bomb Bomb B O M B B O M B. Right, I know. Yeah. I thought it was a B yeah. B. I can remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. It's yeah. good. I mean, you know, it's it, it's going to be right for certain businesses and not others. But um, mm. I, I really liked it, and and I think getting used to and getting comfortable with having the video on, um, and just getting getting over it because I know everybody everybody hates seeing themselves on video. Well, okay, not everybody, but you know, <laughs> lots of people. Um, and actually, by using the camera in your day to day meetings, you you do get over yourself, and it. I don't even look. I don't even notice it now. It's just on, um, and I oh. and that means I can use body language it, you know people can see me you can see my hands moving I'm quite an expressive person in fact I'm sitting here moving them now and I know you can't <laughs> see but you know you get that energy and you can you can get energy through through a camera so much more than just just voice 
and I think it's the same with anything isn't it it's it's that initial oh do I want to switch it on or not and once you do it and once you get yeah. do it every time then you don't even think about it after a while do you it's just yeah. it's the norm and yeah. you just get on and do it yeah yeah, and I would always give people a warning that um, in my invites, I have a, you know, I would prefer to meet here, um, but I will give them an alternative of a phone number. Um, mm. If they only use the phone, I will then have that conversation and say, look, I really do love to meet virtually um, through, through camera. You know, next mm. time we speak, it'd be great if you could use that. The other thing I have done um, is if I, um, so a lot of the organizations I work with use Skype, um, and I was really excited when they moved to Skype um, from link i said they had before because i thought oh skype that means video great of course no they still mm -hmm. carry on just clicking on the phone number rather than the the actual video um so what i do now is i turn on my video um even though and i'll say look i'm going to turn my video on you don't have to turn yours on but if, if you have got it there that would be great which gives them the opportunity to not turn it on if they don't want to mm. but nine times out of ten they turn it on um, because having me there without with just the still picture of them feels kind of weird. So I actually encourage that behavior. I don't make them do it. I would never force someone to do it. Mm. But I just set that as an expectation. And it, it does work. And, and if I was a leader of a remote team, I would absolutely be setting that as an expectation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. Well, unfortunately, time is getting um, is running away with us as usual with these things. Um, and it's kept to a point now where I'm going to ask you for some so three top tips that we should all take away from this. That when we are in a either working in a virtual team or actually managing a virtual team, what are those three things that we should always remember? Okay, so it will be no surprise to you that number one will be turn on your video. Um, I don't think I need to say anything more about that. I think I've got that message across loud and clear. Um, the second one is really uh, take time and make time to get to know your individual team members as individuals. And, and allow them to get to know each other. So it's not just about you being the center of the team. It's how do you encourage that interdependency across the team? So to create time for that. And I think thirdly, which we haven't really touched on, is around being organized, um, preparing for your meetings, sending out pre-read. I mean, it's all good practice for any leader, but certainly in the virtual space to really spend time thinking about how you want those meetings to work and making sure that people truly have all the information they have so that they can contribute in the virtual meeting. Um, mm. Yeah, so that, that's probably as much as I, I'm going to say on that for now. Yeah, fantastic. Great stuff. And I was just thinking, actually, when you, if you, if you bring in people together, there'll be some people that maybe that they're from at the start of their working day and others that might be at the end of their working day. And I guess that's something to take into account. But we haven't got time to think of uh, talk about that, unfortunately. But um, it's been really interesting. Um, thank you for your time, Julia. Um, hopefully we get another chance to talk about this again. But uh, for now, I will say thank you and um, hopefully um, see you again soon. Thank you, Mark. It's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please take a moment to leave a review. Don't forget to check out The Reluctant Leader Project at www.thereluctantleader.co.uk. Make a note to start, stop or continue doing whatever struck a chord in this episode. And until next time, be the best you can be.